Hello, this is Randy Moon, and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. This is Cole, and I'm going to be talking about lavender farms. This is Sydney, and I will be continuing my series, my Disney attraction series, with Pirates of the Caribbean. Yo-ho. Ho. (laughs) (laughs) This is Beth, and I'll be starting a Christmas in July little segment. Fun! We have lots of holiday happenings for this week. Uh, For instance, yesterday, summer began. If you were to rank summer in your favorite seasons, what would it be? Last. Last. Um, it would be close, but it'd probably be second or third. Okay. Mine would be last. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Uh, But we're in it now, so we will uh, enjoy it. And um, And there are good parts to it. That's right. Just not my favorite season, but good parts to it. Exactly. Also... Uh, today is Father's Day, That's so this right. has been a Father's Day weekend for me. We actually celebrated with um, a dinner and apple pie and gifts Friday night. That's right. Since today was a little busier, and that gave me a chance to actually do something with it, the gifts I got, which was fun. Yeah, yep. over the weekend, yeah. <laughs> so I got a Disney Clue game, so we played that Friday night. Mm-hmm. And I also got a Jungle Cruise adventure game. So we're going to play that today. So that's very fun. Mm-hmm. Kind of a little bit of information given this pandemic. Uh, Beth and I actually ate inside a restaurant for the first time since, I guess it would have been early March when we were at Disney. Yep. Um, Cracker Barrel <laughs> uh, was open and had seating and had social distancing kind of rules in place. So we yep. went and ate inside of that with the Andersons. Yep. And the um, waiter had a mask on the entire time. Right. That was good. They did the paper menus so they could throw those away, we assume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't see them throw them away. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's, that's yeah. interesting. Yep. They, it's a lim- more limited menu. but more mm-hmm. limited, yeah. 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 But it was fun. It was, it was good and nice to see them in person as well. Also, this will come out right before the 4th of July. And a number of places, including our own town slash county, have canceled their... 4th of July celebration. Actually, I think they've delayed the 4th of July celebration to Labor Day. That's really? what they're shooting for now. Huh. Right. We'll have to see if that actually happens. But we hope you're able to have a happy 4th of July in this weird pandemic world we're in right now in some way with family and friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yesterday we went to pick cherries. We have a local farm that is a pick-your-own kind of farm. Yeah, like, so we picked apples, peaches, blueberries, all that kind of stuff there. Yep. So yesterday we went and picked sour cherries. Correct, yes. Right. Because we like the fresh cherries. I freeze them, and then we have cherries for fresh cherry pies. Yum. Um, throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. There were so many people there. Oh, my goodness. Like, we went at, like, the worst time. It took us like 30, it was like a line of cars backed up and it was like a 35 minute car wait. Right. Just to get to the area you could park and then walk to up to the chairs. Right. And there were so many families and then there were huge families who brought like picnic stuff and were picnicking there. Right. So with social distancing, it it just made it, yeah, it just made it harder. More chaotic. um, More chaotic, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But, but um, with just three adults, so it was me, Sydney, and yeah. Randy. It was pretty quick. Yeah, with three adults, it's pretty quick. When you have kids. Once we started picking. Yeah. 
it was it would be a harder thing. I, yeah. But well, um, yeah. and a lot of the a lot of the cherries, like the good cherries, were up above. So like it was really hard for me to reach, and it was even hard for Dad to reach. Yeah, I think one year I actually was able to pull the car up because there wasn't many people there and use the car as a, as a ladder oh, that's so funny. to get up taller. <laughs> but there were so many cars this year. Yeah. We should have brought a step stool or a ladder. They were very easy to pick once you could reach them. Right, yeah. And there were a number of people with lab, the little yeah. step stools. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And yeah. you weren't supposed to climb the trees, but people I did always see do. some. Yeah. 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 People think, always do. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So that was but fun. It was, it was fun. It was so hot. And it, it happened reminded, to be a very hot, humid day. It reminded mom of while when she's tempted to go to Disney in July, right? Why she doesn't want to do that, right. especially with the masks on. Exactly, we're pass holders, so there is we a temptation. T- right, Disney annual pass holders. Right, so there's a temptation to go to Disney when the pass holders are allotted for, for the preview. But, oh my goodness, it's just so hot. And then the mask on top of it. Yeah, we'd be fine. Uh, that's because you just want to <laughs> go. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and while they were over picking their cherries, I was over at a lavender farm, which I had never heard of before. Didn't know that it was a, a thing, really. I was talking to a friend, and she had mentioned that she was at a lavender farm and drinking lavender lemonade and that there were lavender cupcakes and just the whole thematic motif. And I was like, what in the world is this thing? So I ended up going on the earlier side of Saturday um, to Seven Oaks Lavender Farm, which is kind of just outside of D.C., a little closer to Manassas, a little south of Manassas, I would say. So it's about an hour um, from where I live. It was not huge, a few acres, I would say. There were about half of the lavender plants that were budded enough that they were in little bushes. Like, there were clearly spots for lavender plants where they hadn't grown in yet. Oh, okay. But what we more or less did was we got there, and we there were just kind of two white buckets out, you had, you had to pay, like, I think, like, four bucks or something like that to, to get in. And then you paid for individual lavender sprigs. So there was a white bucket of bleach water and a bucket of normal water with scissors in it. So then you would pick whatever pair of scissors you wanted and then just go around and snip the lavender. Hmm. Oh, is it bleach water and the normal water to dip the scissors in? Yes. Oh, okay. Scissors are sitting in the bleach water. Then oh, you clean okay. them off with the normal water. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, and I don't know if that's like a normal thing or if it's related to the okay. pandemic. Yeah. Right. That'd be, um, yeah, that'd be an interesting thing to... Right, to know, know like yeah. ahead of time. Um, but the whole thing is very... As opposed to what the cherry sounded like, it seemed like the point was to relax. Oh, okay. So it was more of a chill environment. Very chill. A couple of people picnicking. They had a little gazebo there. There was uh, a space where oh. they had a bunch of a bunch of rabbits and then a bunch of ducks. Oh, that's so cute. you could feed the rabbits and the ducks. That's cute. Um, the rabbits were all sequestered in their little rabbit hole. Oh, I was wondering what you meant. I was thinking, what if the rabbits just hop away? Are you out of luck? But Into the, the, no, yeah, they're, they're, fields. yeah they're, um, they're in a little pen, okay. as are the ducks. Although I guess the ducks could just fly away. <laughs> but could, why? Yeah. 
Right, they're in a pen. And they so, have food. And there was a little kiddie pool in there. So that, <laughs> oh, uh, that's funny. Like, so cute. Like, swimming around in. Um, but then they had lavender lemonade, which was the thing that I was kind of most curious about. Because I'm not very familiar with lavender... Um, like food? Flavored yeah. things? Like what the flavor of lavender is? Because it's usually a scent. It's usually a scent. And it was funny because I went when I went home... And I was washing my hands, I noticed that I had lavender soap. Yeah. So I was like, hey. Yeah, you do. You, you didn't even buy it there. I didn't even buy it there. <laughs> uh, but they did have various lavender things that you could buy. Uh, it sounds like they had more things during, like, on season. When is on season, do you think? Later in no the No idea. I think it's a little later in the okay. year. Like, in the summer. Mm. Yeah, so you basically went the first day of summer, so maybe... It kind of grows. Right, the on the early... I, yeah. And um, it looks like, uh, from pictures that I found online of Lavender Farms, that they're, it's a lot more like vibrant purple, like in season. Okay. Um, but the Lavender Lemonade was good. It was kind of tasted like lemonade, but very light. Like, I, I'm not... It's difficult to describe the... Where the lavender kicked in. So not as strong as um, a lemony tart kind of flavor. Right. So not definitely less okay. of a tart flavor. But you was it overwhelmingly lavender flavor either? No, no. It was overwhelmingly... It wasn't overwhelmingly anything. Yeah, okay. Um, which I liked. I would take that over regular lemonade. Okay. Oh, interesting. Um, and then they had some other... They had kind of these little, you know, plastic shells that you could put on. Like leaves and stuff in. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Right. So they had those two and some smaller plants over to the side. Um, cilantro and jasmine and okay. that kind of thing. The Different the main, groups. the emphasis was the, the lavender. Um, but, yeah, so that was a very chill time. And there was definitely enough open space where you could come, where you could social distance and you could come with um like blankets and just kind of make a picnic out of it. Interesting. You didn't mention the cupcakes, did you? I mentioned that there were cupcakes. What I didn't mention was that I brought back about thirty-one sprigs of thirty-one sprigs of lavender here to put in a uh, jar, which was the jar that I drank the lavender lemonade out. Oh, of. I wonder where that jar came from. Yep. Interesting. And then I also brought back four lavender cupcakes. They were so good. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Which were consistent with the lemonade theme because they right. were like a light. It was just a very lemony. Yeah, kind flavor. of lemony yeah. flavor. With little very... specks of lavender in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. The, yeah. And, and buttercream and the icing, which was nice. And there was and a, there was a little bit of lavender in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very light. And it's yeah. a, it's a small was place. It's yeah. a uh, family owned place. So you know that everything was like handmade and. Mm-hmm. Right. And baked. And, and baked, yep. Yeah. And, and love was put into it. <laughs> you Lavender can taste love. the love. That sounds like a Hallmark show. Lavender love. Lavender it does. Love. <laughs> yeah, so Seven Oaks Farmhouse built in 1860. It was named so for seven large oak trees measuring in circumference of their trunks up to 13 feet. Oh, so the biggest one was up to 13 feet yep. round. So two of those original seven remain standing on the property and also a cluster of large American boxwood bushes uh, are quite old in age, 
the property itself is actually 16 acres. So it's just the lavender part that's a couple there. They just okay, carved that out. For they that. just carved that out, yeah. And they actually have a really cool and in-depth website. Uh, and it has like pages and pages of the history of the oh, house and the farm. Um, you can go in to kind of see what kind of attractions they have. So if you're in the D.C. area and you want to just find some place to... You don't need to like make a whole day out of it. It's just kind of a... A nice place to go and chillax for a couple of hours. So definitely go check out Seven Oaks Lavender Farm. Okay, it sounds very, very cool. fun. Thanks, Cole. Yeah, very nice and light and breezy smell. Seven Oaks <laughs> Lavender Farm. Okay, I'm gonna write that down because I'm gonna look it up. And heading to Disney, either Disney World or Disneyland. I wish. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> Could we? Yeah. Um, we always enjoy the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Yes, we do. Yeah, so the Pirates of the Caribbean ride is a dark ride, and it is a boat ride. Dark and spooky. That's right. Not really. No. (laughs) Well, like the first little bit is spooky. Okay. Well, it's meant to be like um, fanciful and um, take you back to a more lighthearted time of pirates. Right, because there right. actually isn't a lighthearted type, no. but it's like Disney lighthearted kind of. Right, part. exactly yeah. for for the kids yeah. kind of thing right. for anybody really. Yeah. So but the ride- that first part is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. for little kids it could be pretty scary. Yeah. And and Sydney described it as a dark ride. So a dark ride in Disney terms is an indoor amusement ride on which passengers um, board guided vehicles and they travel through specially lit scenes that typically contain animation, sound, music, and special effects. Yes. So the ride tells the story of a band of pirates in the West Indies Islands around the Caribbean Sea in the 17th and 18th century with the saga of their voyages, troubles, and exploits. This sounds more like put together. Like it's really just kind of going through pirate scenes. Right, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's right. not much of a story no. of them. Raiding and doing pirate things. Yeah, exactly. Silly pirate shenanigans. Silly, right. Exactly. So the original version of the ride was opened in Disneyland in 1967. And it was the last ride whose construction was envisioned and personally overseen by Walt Disney, who died three months before it opened. Oh. Yeah, really. After immense popularity, the ride was replicated seven years later at Magic Kingdom of Walt Disney World, 1973. Versions followed at Tokyo Disneyland in 1983 and Disneyland Paris in 1992. And another version opened in ha- in Shanghai Disneyland Park in 2016. The ride gave rise to the song Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me, written by George Burns and Xavier Atencio? Extensio. Astencio. And performed on the ride's... Recording by the Mellow Men. Um, the ride became the basis for the Pirates of the Caribbean film series, which debuted in 2003. The Black Pearl is the first one. I remember when that came, yeah, I do too. came out. And yeah. it was a, really a lot of fun. Uh, it was a fun summer movie. Right. And it, came, it birthed a lot of... Um, 
sequels. Sequels, and some people like them, some people aren't as fond of them, but either way, they were very successful. Kind of like the Beach Party movies, they get nuttier as time goes on. Or the Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> yeah. I, I hold the opinion, I like the second one uh-huh. more than the first one. But I could do without any of the rest of them. Yeah. After so that point. everybody has like, yeah, they're yeah. ones that they like. Yeah, I like the yeah. first one the best. Yeah, me too. But it's amazing to think that that was 17 years ago. Yep. So in Disneyland, the ride is located within the New Orleans Square portion, and um, it was originally the ride was originally envisioned as a walkthrough wax museum. However, because of the successfulness of the boat ride concept. Um, of the ride, It's a Small World, Disney decided to employ the same ride system on the Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. But they were like, let's make this one intentionally scary, as opposed to Ish. Small World, which could be unintentionally scary. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> so, let's see. There are 630,000 gallons of water, oh. 53 auto-animatronic animals and birds and 75 auto animatronic pirates and villagers in the ride in the disneyland ride and it takes three days to empty and refill the bayou for renovations again this is also all in disneyland the debut of magic kingdom at walt disney world in 1971 brought many popular rides from disneyland to the east coast but the pirates of the caribbean wasn't one of them so and again like because of the, all the popularity at Disneyland, they decided to take it um, to just, Disney World. Just a couple of years later. 73, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. So, there... Okay, so the interesting thing about this ride is that it has it has had many modifications. Mm-hmm. Right? The most recent one, um, there used to be a bride auction. Right. With... Um, we once the redhead. Yeah. Uh, with the redheaded... Bride being offered, and that has been modified to have the redhead be a pirate, mm. and instead helping to facilitate the auctioning of goods. Right, like chickens. Instead of people. Right. right. Like um, I think that in the original, he had made like the auctioneer had made like a chicken joke, like you know, yeah. ruffle your feathers, show them your goods. Deary. Yeah. yeah. But this time. They had an actual chicken. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so the line still works. Right. With like ruffle your feathers, show them your goods or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yes. So it's interesting because um, do you all remember the, uh, remember the chase scene at um, where the women are chasing the men? So apparently originally um, they had depictions of male pirates chasing women. Yes. Um, and that was altered to now the pirates were chasing women in pursuit of food that the women were carrying. And then it was finally altered for the women chasing the pirates, um, wielding weapons to chase the moves. Yeah. 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 Pitchforks. Yeah, exactly. Or, uh, rolling pins. Rolling pins. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Uh, Which I think, I think that's a good change. I think it's, it's a lot funnier that way. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, and I know sometimes... Uh, people get upset with changes and stuff, but any as any Disney lover understands, um, you can't be married to any one thing at Disney World. Yeah. There will always be um, changes, modifications, and especially in regards to subjects as pirates and piracy, and as you know, 
the modern world continues to um, go grow, on. It to grow, changes, and learn, right? Yep. Realize <laughs> that things aren't necessarily the greatest the right. way they are in every right. Yeah, right. and this ride is not to depict completely 100% accurate pirate life. Exactly, it's just meant to be it's a little fun ride for families. Exactly, and honestly, it's a fantastic break if it is hot outside and you've yeah. been outside a while. Absolutely, it's so cool inside the yes. ride. Yeah. I also, if you've been in the ride, I can picture the smell of the ride in. That's a classic thing for a lot of people. There's a candle yeah. company that actually makes that smell as a candle. What? It's a little sulfurous and a lot of it's people difficult love to that describe, smell. but greenish. Yeah. Right. It's just the it doesn't sound to the listener who hasn't been on the ride. <laughs> it doesn't this sound mixture like of sulfur smell. and chlorine <laughs> either sounds um like it's supposed to give me like some unnatural high that's bad for me or it just doesn't smell good at all, but it is a good smell. I like it. I yeah. You grew up with it. I grew, I did. I grew up with it. Yeah. Um, it's very that's because I took some water from there in a little cup and put it in your room, so, you grew up with <laughs> so that I would always smell it. Yeah. Well, Something that I had read a long time ago was that um, kids that grew up at Disney do actually have a pretty good um, do a pretty good job of accepting change because Disney is always changing. Those things you love about Disney. Yeah. You can't hold on to them. Like you said, mm-hmm. you can't hold too tight because yeah. they could change. And it's that's great, too. Yeah. Right? So you just learn yeah. to um, accept change as part of the Disney life. Absolutely. Yeah. And this ride has been constantly altered. So it has also, because um, the, of the popularity of the movies, it mm-hmm. has thrown in animatronics from said popular movies, such as exactly. Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Um, Jack Sparrow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there are other um, like Davy Jones, Blackbeard, Captain Barbosa, and yeah, Barbosa's on the big ship. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. I mean, there are there have constantly been changes, and it's just been fun. Yeah. Right. Just to go. It's one of my favorite rides. Um, so, yeah, and it's interesting too because I also learned from here that um, just looking it up that apparently the Disneyland ride has two drops. Oh, that's interesting. And everyone else has one. And the Disney's um, Pirates of the Caribbean ride, they did recently add a skull that would take a picture of the boat that you are in. Right. That was a fairly recent thing. I don't remember. And it does talk to you. It calls you a scallywag or something Mm -hmm. along those lines. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's right before... Not like right before the drop because it's a pretty slow ride. So you kind (laughs) of ease your way around the corner. Yeah, and then drop. And then yeah. drop. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as you know, you know it's there, you can plan for it. So, I just sent the family a picture. Um, we, me and Cole, I think the last time we took the ride, I mean, last time we rode on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, we both had the same idea of doing something funny in front of the camera. So, we did. So, <laughs> when, the, when the picture came out, um, it was me choking myself and Cole, I think, like, had a noose, like a, a an imaginary noose. Imaginary yeah. noose around my I think head. Dad yeah. did something too. I'm the only yeah. one that's sitting there waving like a yeah. tourist. And of course, <laughs> it's really funny watching the boat because some people are laughing and having a good time, and others you can just tell like this is a great ride for them because they look like they, they are look straight. exhausted. Yes, yeah. it's just really funny. So um, that's a description of the ride. Very fun. One of my favorites. Also, want to point out one of my favorite things about this ride is walking through the line. Okay, wait, hold on. That. Because I'm going to do the quiz and then talk about our favorite stuff. Okay. 
So this should be easy for us all because we know the ride so well, right? Uh, yep. Okay. I won't, I won't commit to, to being aware of everything on that ride. Okay. Um, simple little quiz. Pirates of the Caribbean ride. True or false? Pirates of the Caribbean ride was the last ride whose construction was envisioned and personally overseen by Walt Disney himself. True or false? We just heard that that was true in Disneyland. True. True. It's true. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought it was. A, I thought it was a trick question. No. Just, you're a sneaky it's not one. Tricky. No. Okay. Um. What year did the ride open in Disneyland, California? A. 1970, B. 1973, or D. 1992? A. What was that? 70. 1970, 19, B. 1967, C. 1973, or D. 1992? 70. B, it's B. 1967. Oh, I was going to guess 67, too. <laughs> what? Pure pressure. All right. Well, those are some easy um, throwaway questions. Um, I feel like it wasn't a throwaway. <laughs> I feel like I got points for them. Okay, go ahead. So, I just one of them. Um, question number three. For you listeners this time. True or false? The ride was originally supposed to be a water ride. False. 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 It was supposed to be a wax walkthrough. Correct. We were listening to your... (laughs) This was not meant to be super hard. Um, Number four. Where is the ride located in Disney World Magic Kingdom? A. Frontierland. B. Fantasyland. C. Adventureland. Or D. Tomorrowland. I can say it again. A, Frontierland, B, Fantasyland, C, Adventureland, or D, Tomorrowland? Adventureland. 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 You are all correct. Very good. That was my Adventureland voice. (laughs) All right, so this is a shout-out to the Kincaids because this was a question that they posed to me the last time, uh, let's see, during Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. I was able to answer all of it. You all already answered part of it, so let's see if you all can answer the question. In the women chasing pirate scene in Disney World's Pirates of the Caribbean ride, what three objects do each of the three women use to chase the pirates with? This is not multiple choice. Okay. Give it a minute. My guess is... Hmm. My guess is a... Rolling pin, broom, and pitchfork. Is that all y'all's guess? Rolling pin, broom, pitchfork. Yep, yep. that's my guess, too. You are all correct. Yep. All right, and um, let's see. All right, and bonus question based on that question. Do any of you remember the animals? What animals were chasing each other oh. during that scene? I, I was hoping you were going to say what animals were singing with the pirates. No. <laughs> I know that one. It's yeah. a dog and a donkey or a mule. I th- I think that a hen was chasing a rooster. You were correct. Yep. yep. Oh, good job, Cole. <laughs> good job. Very good show, Sim. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Show. I was like, I was overthinking it. Then I was like, wait a second. I feel like I remember <laughs> that scene. Yes. And I do have two more questions, but um, I didn't say it. So I'm not going to ask like you guys. Bonus. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so, extra um, credit. Well, it, it's mainly um, it's just some interesting information. So, and Dad might know this too. Um, so, the Disneyland ride is has the longest um, time period. So, it is fifteen minutes and thirty seconds. The Disney World ride is eight minutes and thirty seconds. What? I feel like we're getting gypped. I know, right? <laughs> That's like almost twice the time. Yeah. Yes, but apparently, the Disneyland ride is the longest ride. Of the Pirates of the Caribbean out of all the Disney Well, when you were saying how many animatronics and animals and stuff, I was like, wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, what are your likes and dislikes about the ride before we end? Okay. Before we even say that, I have to say, Sydney has on a shirt today that says, Childless Millennial, and it has a Mickey-shaped pretzel, pretzel, soft pretzel on it. Yes. And if you don't know what that's about, go ahead and uh, look that up because it's pretty funny. Yes. It's, yep. A whole industry has been created about one woman's rant. So that's, again, Childless Millennial with a Mickey pretzel. You'll yep. have a have a laugh looking yes. that up. Definitely. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, so what are your likes and dislikes about the ride? First of all, don't think there's any dislikes about Pirates of the Caribbean for me. Okay. The ride. Um, only thing is maybe they have a mist section at first that they project faces onto. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've projected um, Blackbeard from the movie's face onto it. Yeah, and, Davy Jones. Uh, Capitan Salazar from the, the new one, mm-hmm. his face onto it. Um, I'm fine with Davy Jones because I think he's a great character. Mm-hmm. They also project the other two faces. That's my only thing. I don't like those characters, so it's less fun for me when I see those faces projected onto the uh, yeah. mist there. What about your favorite likes? So, among my favorite things, I love how big some of the sets are. Like, after the drop, you come out and it's a pirate ship firing onto a fort. And it's just huge. It is. It makes you feel like you're actually in the scene. That you're actually in the scene, yeah, yeah. which is really neat. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things about the ride is the line as you're walking through, because you're going into kind of this almost dungeon-esque, but very kind of colonial era. Yeah. Uh, you're going through, there's barrels of gunpowder and cannons all over the place That's and right. cannonballs. This- it's very dark and it's mm-hmm. very cool. It's just a great... If you need to... Even if you don't love the ride if you just wanted to get out of the sun mm-hmm. yeah. for like 45 minutes or whatever the wait time is yeah because um, it's usually on the the longer side of the wait time as far as the rides go because it's a super popular one especially they, depending on the time of day they play um a version of the songs mm-hmm. from the ride in the queue that are kind of like more subdued Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, which kind of matches the theme of what you're walking through. Kind of so it sets a nice tone. Right. And it's instrumental music. Yeah, so exactly. it's kind of really relaxing and the light is a little more dim. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite places to just stand and chat with people as I'm waiting for the ride. Yeah. What about you, Dad? Um, so one of my uh, not as favorite things is that in one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, they had mermaids. I don't remember. Yes. That was the first one or second one? That was fourth. 
Four, okay, four <laughs> yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, and they actually put mermaids into the ride at one yes. point, and I actually liked that. And then I don't think they could really get it to work. It was an underwater. Yeah, effect. they were like next to the yeah. boat. Yeah, and I really liked the effect, yeah. but it didn't last long, and then they just turned it off. So that was kind of sad. I yeah. think the same thing. I was, I always, I still look down to see if hoping they, that they turned <laughs> back they on. They had the mermaids on. Yeah, yeah, yeah I actually like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I uh, missed that, and then I like. What do I like about it? I like the song um, section. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just classic scenes. Like the scene with the um, the pirates in the prison and they're trying to get the dog yes. to um, yeah. get the key to them. There's just those kind of classic scenes that um, that the Disneyland one brought over to Disney World as well that I just enjoy a lot. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Mom? Um, I, I am going to... Um, Adopt Dad's dislike in that I want those mermaids back. <laughs> I don't think I ever saw the mermaids next to the. I don't, they did the, not last long. I did not. I don't no, remember that. that I do that, remember that. the mermaid skeletons though. Do you remember those? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, it was yeah. the one. And the again, one. it was not it very last. nice. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't last very long. No, yeah, it, it was did, good to have it replaced. That was. It seemed like the death there was because there was a mermaid skeleton yeah. and a sword like directly through the rib cage. Yeah. So it looked like a very kind of violent death yeah, for that mermaid. Yeah, wasn't good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so one of the things I really like is that during, and this is not an every time thing, but during the Halloween party, they have special things mm. in the um, in the ride and in the queue mm-hmm. waiting waiting for the ride. So there will be different people in costume. A cast members talking to you and they'll actually also be in the ride at different places yeah. and it's just these extra little add-ons that disney does there's there's special touches that are very disney-esque that um that really make it stand out yeah so i really like that yeah and i like it for all of the above all the detail that they put into it and i remember hearing a story of the person who was um, in charge of making the clothing for all the animatronics um, originally, like in Disneyland, and she she was told not to make a second set, and she went ahead and did it anyways. And then they had a fire. No, no, that was for parts. Yeah, then that fire happened and destroyed a ton of the clothing. And but they can they could open up the ride pretty soon after because she already had a, a second set of clothing for all of them. That's hilarious. It is so hilarious, and it it, it really. Brings to light. I know we talked to Dad about this too. How Disney hires the right people, men and women, for the right type of work, and even stretches them beyond what yep. they're comfortable, and they're able to do things very well. Yeah. So that's a ride that I love, and that's just a little bit about the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Check it out, and here's a little bit of the song for you. talk today about Christmas in July. Hey, so sometimes we go, well, we don't usually try to go to Disney in July. It's too hot. No, but no. Christmas, definitely. But we do Christmas yes. as much as possible, and this is Christmas in July, so yeah, that's very fun. It is. So one of the things 
I want to start out is by pointing out that um, Christmas, June 25th, mm -hmm. would be midway between the... That's right. Year. So, really? Yeah. So, if you think about it, from December to June is six months. From June to December is six months. But this is Christmas in July. And a lot of times when you're reading about Christmas in July, they'll say the midpoint of the year... You know, it's Christmas yeah. and it's July 25th. And you sit there and you go, mm, okay, somebody didn't count very well. But it's uh, it's pretty universal that they'll say midway right. from the year. Well, in fact, June 25th is known as Leon Day, right? Because it is the halfway point. Leon is Noel spelled backwards. So it's an actual national day to celebrate the halfway point towards the next Christmas. Which would be an excellent time to do Christmas in Leon. <laughs> Leon in, in June. But it's not. This is Christmas in July. Oh. So, uh, because it's such a big thing, I was wondering why in the world... I'm, I'm sorry. Because it's such a big thing, I was thinking, how did it get started? How did Christmas in July become Christmas in July? I well, can take a guess. Some... People like Christmas and they want to celebrate <laughs> year round. That's what I would have done. In July. So there are actually a quite a large number of possibilities. I'm going to save the last two most likely for the end. Okay. All right. So I'm going to just go through quickly some of these other ones. And you can see what you think of them and if you think that they are um, potentials. They're all interesting. Um, the first is that during the first quarter of the 20th century, summer was the off-season for vaudeville performers. So, the early, the first quarter of the 1900s, summer was the off-season for vaudeville performers. Theaters were not air-conditioned, so the show did not go on. So, Freeport, Long Island was a popular location for these out-of-work thespians. And the group stayed there, the group that stayed out there formed the Long Island Good-Hearted Thespians Society, nicknamed Lights, <laughs> L-I-G-H-T-S. The main function of the group was to celebrate Christmas on July 4th. Their reasoning was that there was no time to celebrate in December, as most performers were on the road during that time of year. This meant they were away from their family and friends, often spending the day on a train, in a theater, or in a hotel. Waiting until summer when everyone could be together made a lot of sense. Okay, so that's kind of a mm -hmm. yeah, possibility, maybe. Another is the pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church in Washington, D.C. brought the tradition with him from Philadelphia, where his congregation would celebrate the holiday during summer as a way to gather gifts early enough to ensure distribution through their global missions. By 1945, the service was broadcast over local radio. That was from the Washington Post, July 11th, 1942. Okay, so there's another possibility. Another is that Christmas in July was popular during World War II as a way to promote an early Christmas mailing campaign for those serving overseas. That hmm. seems likely. It was, yeah. Mm. And that was in the Washington Post, July 12th, 1943. That's the next year. Not so good reason so far. 
No, the one, the early mailing for soldiers seemed to be a, a more legit kind of thing. In the Southern Hemisphere, July is the middle of their winter. So in places like Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, countries with a strong connection to England and its Dickin, <laughs> Dickensian, Dickensian? Dickensian. Dickensian Christmas traditions, July seems more like Christmas. So that's a time when it's cold, so you're drinking mold cider, snuggling up by the fire. It makes more sense in July than in December when they're actually experiencing their hottest weather with heat, humidity, and mosquitoes, much less um, picturesque kind of let's get a roast turkey and get the oven on and gather people together, that kind of thing. So just makes sense for the Southern Hemisphere to adopt that tradition. Another story comes from Yellowstone Park. One summer, while traveling by stagecoach, a group of visitors were stranded by a freak blizzard at the Old Faithful Inn. Rather than cry about their situation, they celebrated Christmas in July. <laughs> and it's just funny because it was like, just because no historians have been able to pinpoint an actual blizzard that happened during this time <laughs> at this location, does not dissuade true believers Enough Rocky Mountain residents have been trapped by a freak summer snowfall to believe the tales. Hmm. So, not exactly strong evidence, but hey. But what year was it? It doesn't say. Oh, because if it was like a while ago, then there wouldn't um, have been evidence, per se. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't say exactly. It's in the early 1900s, though. It's in the, again, the first half of the 1900s. The earliest reference to Christmas in July actually comes from an 1892 French opera called Werther. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> it's my favorite 19th century French yes. opera. Translated into English, the opera premiered in Chicago in March 29, 1894, and in New York that April. The opera opens in July with one of the characters teaching his children a French Christmas carol. In the English translation, the father's drinking buddy observes, when you sing Christmas in July, you rush the season. It's so funny. Um, it says that, unfortunately, this is about as whimsical as this opera gets. Even though the final act ends up six months later on Christmas, the leading man, spurned by the woman he loves, commits suicide, which is hardly an uplifting <laughs> fair when compared to It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, and but, but. Holly Ridge Stole Christmas. It is very French. <laughs> That's true. And it In the did... spirit of the original opera, I'm sure. And although this introduced Americans to the phrase, Christmas in July is probably not really where the whole thing came from. Another way, another Christmas in July attribute is that there was actually a movie in 1940 called Christmas in July. What? Yeah. Yeah, starring Dick Powell and Ellen Drew. Didn't know either of them, but we'll talk more about that later. Okay, so now I'm going to go back to the final two. And these are the two most likely... Culprits. Yeah, the most, <laughs> most likely... One of scenarios, these is most yeah. likely scenarios of where this actually came from. The first one is... <clears throat> the first time Christmas in July was mentioned. And this is... Um, these I found these from a bunch of blogs... Um, uh, Southern living, country living, a bunch of different places like that. So the first time Christmas in July was mentioned 
in print was in an article in the Washington Post in 1933. A girls summer camp in North Carolina held a Yuletide celebration complete with a trimmed tree, gifts, and a visit by Santa Claus. The National Recreation Association's journal, Recreation, also wrote about it in 1935, describing it as, quote-unquote, all mystery and wonder surround this annual event. It was also in the Washington Post in 1933. Now, to give you an idea more about this particular story, it's really cute. It's a really cute story. Christmas in July started on July 24th and 25th in 1933 at a girls' camp called Keystone Camp in Brevard, North Carolina. When it said Keystone Camp, I thought of Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania is the Keystone State. But no, not true. This is from North Carolina. At the request of camp co-founder, Fanny Holt. And then the direct camp director was, um, was quoted and she was um, interviewed and quoted. And she said, Miss Fanny was such a character, a whimsical, dreaming, creative type who added all of this uniqueness to the program. Most camps number the cabins to identify them. Here we have crabapple, skylark, and crow's nest, for example. Instead of junior and senior campers, we have elves, pixies, and dryads. So the first Christmas in July included carolers, a Christmas tree, Santa Claus, presents, and fake snow made of cotton. As the, tr as the tradition evolved, campers would use laundry bags as makeshift stockings, which they place outside their cabins to be filled with candy overnight. Eventually, elves, reindeer, and Mrs. Claus joined the act along with a camp-wide gift exchange, counselors included. The, the level, who was the camp counselor who was interviewed, uh, was the fourth generation of her family to hold the title of director, said the gifts were crafty and creative. One time my dad got a bejeweled toilet plunger decorated with fe feathers and glitter. Wow. <laughs> Which is just hilarious. And the tradition carries on today. So it, it's funny because when I was reading this, this one kept coming up in the research okay, a lot. Um, but it made me think of P.T. Barnum's quote, no one ever made a difference by being like everyone else. Right. So she was just whimsical, creative person. She was in the right place, a place that let her use her creativity and whimsy. And it created potentially this really neat Christmas in July Thing. And while that may not have been the star nationwide, worldwide, it was the, the first one in print that had a Christmas in July celebration at that camp. So the current tradition, which is a more worldwide one, is credited to a group of... Gypsies. <laughs> Snow gypsies. Like in the Rankin-Bass movies. Of Irish tourists oh. who traveled to the Blue Mountains in Sydney, Australia. While they were there, and this was in 1980. Wow. Which is, just seems really late to me. Like a lot of this, these other things. Like the one Assuming that, we that just, there was a movie called Christmas in July in 40 years earlier yeah. than this. Right, but it, it, I don't know how popular it ended up right. being. Yeah. We'll learn more but about that But the idea next existed. Time. It did. A while before this. It did. And this is this was kind of interesting. So they were um, there were Irish tourists who visited Sydney, Australia, who would have been experiencing warmer temperatures in Ireland. 
But because they were in Australia, it was the other... Right, the upside down. Exactly. World. So it was winter mm-hmm. in, in Australia. So they saw a lovely snow that Australia was receiving in July. The tourists mentioned it to the resort owner and their idea of having a Christmas in July party. The owner arranged the festival for them known as Yule Fest. It becomes such a huge hit within the community that now Christmas in July or Yule Fest, as it is known in Australia, has become an integral part of their culture and is supported by many local businesses, restaurants, and families alike. Wow. So, yeah, so that was um, that was very interesting. Again, it was it was different time of year, so you can see why it, why it would have caught on with Australia. Um, but again, they, there's this, this excitement about Christmas and snow and all that that means. Finally, a Christmas blog from SirHoliday.com puts it very well. As with all fun things, there has been some contention around the celebrating of this Christmas in July holiday. There are those who believe that by celebrating Christmas during July instead of December... We're ignoring the true meaning of the holiday and choosing to buy in to oh, the... Oh, we're not doing instead. We're doing both. That's <laughs> well, this is just some people. Into the extreme commercialization instead. But while we cannot ignore the fact that the retail sector has grabbed onto this event, one should never lose sight of the important things, namely family, friends, faith, and fun. And for us holiday moons, we love celebrating Christmas. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful time filled with love, goodwill to all men, the beauty of this season... The wonder of this special holiday and the warmth of family and friends. And so we encourage you to enjoy Christmas in July, Christmas in December, and as Cole said, not either or, but both. But both. Yeah. That's right. And we at Holiday Moons are big fans of family, friends, faith, and fun. That's right. Thank you, you guys. Our future festivities are for the week of July 6th. July 6th is International Kissing Day. July 7th is Chocolate Day. July 8th, National Freezer Pop Day. July 9th, National Sugar Cookie Day. July 10th, National Kitten Day. (laughs) uh, July 11th, All-American Pet Photo Day. After you get the kittens, go to pet photos. (laughs) And July 12th, National Simplicity Day. You You can follow us on social media. At Twitter, we are at Holiday underscore Moons. On Instagram, we are at Holiday Moons. On Facebook, you can find us by searching in the search bar for Holiday Moons. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. And you can contact us at any time at HolidayMoons at gmail.com. And on TikTok, we are at... What are, what's our TikTok, Beth? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a TikTok. <laughs> we oh. should, though. That would be so funny on you that. You should have one. So for Randy, Cole, Sydney, and Beth... Happy Independence Day!